The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. My name is Steve Tiber, and yes, I'm chuckling because I'm hanging out with my dear friend, <laughs> Mr. Mike Fiella. Mike Fiella's in the house, my brother. Oh, yeah. Here we are in the spring, and you, and you still got that beard going, man. I, I thought I thought that was a winter thing. It's got one more week left. <laughs> okay. Of course, my, my, okay. my, my, my granddaughter loves it so much. She said, well, Grampy, can't you just eliminate some of it? I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I like the beard. They want me to go with a goatee thing. Oh, okay. I you might try it just to see what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, you should play around with it. Yeah. You should save like half your beard off on one half of your... <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> hey, this is where we share God's side stories from the mission field. Um, Eight Days of Hope started 15 years ago after Hurricane Katrina when um, it was simple. My dad and I were going to go down and help somebody out after the, the disaster. And have you ever thought that you were in control or you had a plan, <laughs> and then you, you realize who really is in control. It's our Father in Heaven. It's not us. So that little trip that was meant to be, you know, my dad and I and a couple buddies, maybe six or eight people, Mike was 684 volunteers, <laughs> skilled volunteers, less skilled volunteers. We never say non-skilled, less That's skilled right. volunteers. Right. And we rebuilt 84 homes for free in December mm. of 2005 in Bay St. Louis in Waveland, Mississippi. What were you thinking when you were standing on those grounds and the numbers started growing and growing with volunteers? How did you, what, what were you thinking? How did you deal with that? You know, Mike, we had 420 people sign up. Okay. Now, back in those days, you know how they signed up? They went to a makeshift splash page, a web page, okay. and they printed off a document, and then they filled it out with their name and information when they were coming, and then they faxed it into us. Fax. Do you remember, I, do you remember the fax? <laughs> I remember fax machines, but so, I forgot so, about them. So I'm going so somewhere. <laughs> so, so the number we gave out was where I was working. I was leading a corporation, and it was the fax machine right down the hallway. And I, mm-hmm. I'll never, I, I don't think I've ever told you a story. Our customer <laughs> service manager came in, said, I said, man, we must be getting a lot of orders today because we had our customers ordering <laughs> through fax as well. She goes, well, Steve, I think there's something else going on. I'm like, what? She goes, you are getting faxes from all over the country. I said, for what? what? And they said, oh, they want to come volunteer with eight days of hope. I'm like, oh my oh, gosh. No. So yeah, 684 people. So we we launched a, a ministry of 501c3 in the spring of 2016. Mm-hmm. And now we have traveled, Mike, with 53 natural disasters. We have rebuilt over 7,000 homes for free, 40,000 volunteers. 40,000 volunteers have wow. traveled America the last 15 years with Eight Days of Hope. Uh, we're volunteer-led, 181 volunteer le- leaders. You're a volunteer leader. Yes, I am. Um, now, you're, you're in the top 10. You're not number 181, <laughs> but you're, you're up there, Mike, because you're, you're so gifted. But, you know, you come down and do worship and devotion. We have people that make sandwiches, people that yeah. install shingles, people that do plumbing, people that fold T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, sign up. Go to 8daysofhope.com and say, you know what? Let us know next time you're going somewhere. COVID is going to get, we're going to get through this at some mm-hmm. point. Now, we're still deploying, Mike, our rapid response we are. arm. We are. And we're doing all the safety guidelines, you know, the distancing, the our mask, and uh, and, and all of that. You know. Everything that we, we can, I mean, there's so much we don't control. Sure. But, you know, we're doing it safely. But last year, Mike, mm. Hurricane Laura, Hurricane Delta, yes. Hurricane Zeta, 
in Louisiana, we had 700 people over a span of 12 weeks sleep. You know, we normally sleep in one facility, but we slept in multiple facilities. We fed people not in one setting, but in multiple ways differently than in the past. So, you know, we've had to pivot a little bit. You've taken every precaution, though, which is just rightfully so and, we, yeah, and, we, we've, and we've tried and to the credit of the volunteers they're still coming out they really are they really are so if you feel comfortable traveling or you think you might be comfortable traveling later in the year go to eightdayshope.com and sign up for our email alerts and we'll let you know um wherever we go we have another arm of the ministry say you're a skilled professional are you skilled mike I'm working on it. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> well, no, I'm, you, I'm. I know you can do some things. Tell me the things yeah. you're skilled at. Seriously. Well, seriously, well, I, even I, semi-skilled. Well, painting or, or even you smaller know, skilled. I can do drywall to a certain degree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, but painting was my. I, I was a, a painter for the longest time before. Uh, wow. You know, or get, getting the the ministry that I was into. Okay. But, uh, and did some drywall hanging, and uh, that's that's pretty much my okay. skill. I I can still do that. So I can paint. Um, I could probably be the number three or four roofer. Um, I'm getting older. I, I still can get on a roof, but I'm not going to go on a six twelve pitch roof. Okay. I'm going to go on, you know, the walkers, the four twelve, you know, those ranches where sure. you can you can run on there, you know, unless you, you know. So I could do that maybe. Other than that, um, I can carry things. I mean, I can carry shingles and I can carry drywall and I can make sure. deliveries and things like that. Well, for the you know the rapid response. I can do a chainsaw. I'm certified okay. through eight days. Really? Of yeah. And uh, I am shocked. Even though when, when I fired up my chainsaw, I really began to run. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I get certified, and I, I enjoy doing that also. So right after a disaster, we we go within a day or two. It's it's that quick. It's that simple. It's free. We provide food and lodging, and we do tarping of roofs and chainsaw work. And if there was flooding like there was last year. In Mississippi, the year before in Cedar Rapids, uh, we'll gut homes out and, and protect them from having more damage and mold. And sometimes, Mike, we just sort through right. the remains of a, a site, a home mm-hmm. that was destroyed from a tornado. And sometimes we're just there for these families so they have a shoulder to cry on. Sure. It's just coming alongside the families that, to no fault of their own, have uh, experienced you know, horrendous destruction to their homes, to their personal items. And, th- Steve, you know, you've been there so many times, and you walk on the grounds, and there's a, a homeowner standing there. And just the fact that you're you're there, that first initial eye-to-eye contact, mm. uh, and the days when we could hug, <laughs> right. and it was it, there was just something very... Jesus about that moment that there was just a transfer of, hey, I'm here to help. And how many times have they said, I was hopeless, but now I have Mm. some hope. Today's show, Mike, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we deploy. So let's just play a game for a minute. Let's role play. All right. So you live in Wichita, Kansas. A tornado comes through and your church or your leader for ADs Oprah, or past volunteer, or you know of the ministry, you need help. And you make a phone call to an 80s old phone number or you email and say, we've had a tornado. We would love for you to come out and help our community and help our church as we lead the recovery. Okay. So it starts with a contact. Right. Either we make or someone else makes. Over the next 48 hours, before we announce publicly that people can come join us and volunteer on our website, okay. you would not believe the things that have to happen. 
And what are some of those we are, after that initial phone call? We are going to learn all about it in depth today because our guest today is Chandler Gurley. Chandler okay. is, oh, yes. is one of our very few. I think we have four staff members now, mm-hmm. in, or f- five. She, she, uh, she does operations, and she is one of the key people to put all those connecting of the dots. But, but we have 181 volunteer leaders. So many of them are a part of making the decision to deploy and deploying. You, the listener, you're going to be – I mean, this is like how do you set up a business or a, a right. small town in 48 hours? How do you get the food? How do you come up with the menu? How do you find cooks? How do you order the materials? How do you get the equipment there? How do you set up camp? How do you work with FEMA, TEMA, MEMA, whatever state you're in, right? Sure. I mean, all those things, so many moving parts. How do you send out press releases? And, and, and how do you do the interviews? And you know, how do you order the T-shirts? And oh, my gosh. You first hire somebody like Chandler <laughs> who gets the job That's done. That's our secret. She's she's our ace in the hole. You, sure, you'll hear more how all those oh things my transpire. She's an amazing young lady that passion for for Christ and and for this kind of uh, work in ministry. And a lot of people say, "Well, how did you guys figure this out?" And, oh and I'm boy. like, "Well, we figured it out because we messed up, right? You learn <laughs> from your mistakes. And That's when right. you when you plan for 420 people at eight days hope one, and 684 show up or 94 show up, uh, you learn real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't prepare for everything, right? But there is a lot you can't prepare for, Mike. Absolutely. And you do your homework, and you put your best foot forward. You answer the call. But I'm going to use a word that you use all the time, Steve, and you challenge all our, all of us as leaders. You got to pivot." You have yeah, to know when yeah. to change. You have yeah. to know when to and be bold enough to do so. And be flexible. Flexible. Blessed are the flexible in spirit, for they shall see God. Is that is that, like, is that Mike chapter one verse nine? <laughs> it's things we got to live by. Oh, on I'm many many times. And think about our country the last year about being flexible, right? Yes. I mean, you know, I still have two two teenage daughters who are um, half in school, half at home. Oh boy, yeah. And and um, you know, we you and I live in a state that has been pretty firm on some rules and guidelines. And, right. and then there's others around the country who've had less guidelines, but we've all been affected mm-hmm. in one way or another uh, from this pandemic. I will tell you, Mike, I've been so encouraged watching the church. The church has Absolutely. been a light in a very dark time. Yes. Churches have been learning more and more and more than ever before to work together, to communicate. One Church may be strong in this particular area, other one week they share. And it's just been an amazing, we, we get a chance to see it. Maybe your local oh, we church do. doesn't see it as much, but even in a local level, yes, they are. Mike, I know of churches across the country in Ohio, New York, in Iowa, where they had a very robust um, web presence, online presence, uh, social media presence. And they, they actually adopted a church in the beginning of the pandemic or in the okay. third, fourth month of the pandemic and said, hey, we're not judging you, but we realize you know you can't meet. We realize that you don't have much of a platform. We would like to help, help you, you right. develop that platform. Mm. And so I, I'm telling you, Mike, I mean, I think about churches in Ohio, you know, partners of ours, they actually set out teams of IT people and people that know how to do video conferencing, and, and they mm-hmm. taught people Zoom. I mean, you and I, how many, how many Zoom calls have you been on now? Oh, I'm telling you, at least twice, two or three times a month. Okay. So a year ago, did you even know what Zoom was? 
I did not. <laughs> right, I thought there right? was something in the cartoon or something. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we've all had a pivot, but I love, you know, I know of churches who have found a way to supply food and, and materials for soup kitchens of churches who have gone through struggles. And so this has been, it's been awesome seeing people mm-hmm. and churches come together to serve those in need. You know, I think of a scripture when we're talking about this, God causes all things to work together for good. Amen. For those who love the Lord and called and called according to his purpose. He's using this Amen. for his good and his glory. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Uh, we travel the country to help people after natural disasters. We also help people after human disasters. We yes. we build facilities to be used by those rescued from sex trafficking. Mike, not too long ago, we finished our fifth project in Northeast Mississippi. So we've done something in New York, in Indiana, in Texas, in a couple different places. And, and this is an arm that skilled professionals, plumbers okay. and roofers and painters and handy men, handy women, are coming and serving with Eight Days Hope for a week or two weeks tops mm-hmm. as we build facilities that will be used for generations to come. It's been amazing to see that arm grow. It, it, it really has. And can I bring another one up that sure. we, we, we have and we do, uh, and maybe we need to hear a little bit more about you. What about our distribution ministry? Yeah, so we have three facilities, one in Mississippi, Tupelo, one in Buffalo, New York, and one in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And every two months, Mike, we make available to the local church or the regional church. So we've had churches from Pennsylvania come up to Buffalo and get some product, but we get okay. truckloads of brand new products like furniture and mattresses and, and sometimes appliances and building materials. And we want to be a conduit through the local church. We always work through the local church. To me, it's always been about the local church, supporting sure. the local church. And and if you have a, a need in your church or in your community and you're trying to love on someone, maybe it doesn't even attend your church and you need, mm-hmm. you know, someone has a fire and you want to get them four mattresses free, just come and get it or we'll ship it to you and you pay the freight. I mean, mm-hmm. so our distribution ministry, you can sign up for that on our website as well. You always remind me of that. Well, you know, there's You're so many things that, and, and, and rightfully so, uh, disaster relief uh, or rebuilding uh, ministry, but, you know, of course, our safe houses are, are, are so so uh, on, on the top of our minds. But, you know, the distribution ministry is very, very, very important. So that's why I wanted to mention so that. So natural disasters, human disasters, and then the distribution ministry for the local church. So mm. thank you for joining us. We are so thankful that you're here. Uh, we are here every Saturday, depending where you live in America. We have listeners in North Carolina, listeners in Minnesota. Minnesota? Minnesota. I, I love Minnesota. Yeah, have you been there recently? or Not recently, but I still go up there for work. Minnesota, okay. Wisconsin. All right. Now, Wisconsin, I'm going to change gears on you. Have you ever been to Wisconsin? I have not. Um, so, so they have all these little cheese places, and they make these <laughs> cheese figure. curls. All right. I think they're called curls, if I remember correctly. I remember stopping the... I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but I'm hungry. Maybe that's why. But I remember pulling over to this little place and bought some of these cheese curls, and I sat in the parking lot and ate about a, a pound. Of, it was the best cheese in the whole world. And why am I saying this on Hope Rains? I don't know. I don't know. Welcome to our listeners up in Wisconsin. Maybe you're in a parking lot eating cheese today. I don't know. Well, let me do this. Let me, I'm going to make a phone call. Can I order Steve Tyler some cheese? Oh no. my gosh, you're great. But to our listeners in Kansas as well, we are so thankful that you're hanging out with us today. Yes. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Chandler Gurley, and she's going to tell you literally play by play all the things that have to happen 
when 8 Days Hope deploys. We've been deploying for 15 years, almost 60 different disasters. And um, to learn more about the ministry, go to 8dayshope.com. When we come back, Chandler Gurley, you're listening to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of 8 Days of Hope. 8 Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of 8 Days of Hope. 8 Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At 8 Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com. Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country. Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the Donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com. Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Um, my name is Steve Tiber, and I'm so glad that you're joining me and my dear friend, Mr. Mike Fiella, as we record up here in Western New York, and we've heard around the country on American Family Radio, of course, in Southern Ontario and Western New York on WDCX. Hey, brother. How are you this morning? <laughs> Man, I'm, I, I, I enjoyed our first segment. We were like sure. all over the place. How did we end up talking about cheese in Wisconsin? I don't know. Well, we get talking about different states, and for some reason, and it's a the earmark of eight days of hope, food. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> we, a, didn't we call it eight pounds of hope oh, once you go and, yes. and volunteer? But we, you're, oh, you're yes. fed so well, but yes. I don't know. We, get, we, we just we, get we, on we these things, which are fun. Well, today we are, um, we're a natural disaster organization, but we do more than that. But for 15 years, 12 of the 15, the, the lane that we ran down was uh, when there's a disaster. We respond very quickly, or for the first 11 years, we come 90 to 90 days to eight months, 10 months afterwards to rebuild, and yeah. we rebuild homes for right. free. Mm. And then we started a safe house construction ministry where we 
just completed recently our fifth project to provide a place for those rescued from sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Fifth different ministry that we've partnered with as that arm continues to grow. There's so many moving pieces, Mike. Right. And you know, you know, we have 181 volunteer leaders. Okay. How many of them do you think you know? Uh, if you had a guess. Seriously, if I had to guess. Wait, I'm going to write down a number. Because right. I, I think, I th- yeah, I, I, I think... I think you know about this many. How many? I'd say 20, 25. See, I said 110. And here's why, Mike. Because you lead worship and devotion. They all know you. You better remember them, brother, because when you don't, they're like, Mike, how are you? And you're like, uh, good, well, good seeing you again. Well, that's why I'm so thankful that we have to wear our name tags, oh. and you emphasize that all the time. <laughs> oh, it is amazing. But yeah, we are so thankful for our 181 leaders. And, and really, what we want to do today for the listener is we want to educate you and teach you in case you want to open up your own Eight Days of Hope ministry because many are needed. You know, mm. you know, not one organization could do it by themselves. That's so right. today we're going to welcome our guest. Her name is Chandler Gurley. She uh, she does many things, but one of her new roles is she oversees the operations of the deployment of our rapid response arm and other parts as well. Good morning, Chandler. How are you? Good morning. Y'all are cracking me up this morning. I have to keep turning my phone away because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> well, what happened in the first segment, you know, we were talking about where people are listening today. And we said Minnesota and Wisconsin. And I remember a business trip in Wisconsin, Chandler, where I, I stopped at a little cheese hut, like on the side of the road, <laughs> ordered a pound of these cheese curls. And when you eat them, they squeak. I didn't say that in the first segment, Mike. They do. That's how you know it's good cheese. It squeaks in your mouth. Give us a little sign. No, no, no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but I ate about a pound of cheese. Did you really? I love cheese. Oh, Anyways, Chandler, how are you today? You doing all right? I, I am doing great. I am. I'm just sitting here sipping some coffee out of an Eight Days of Hope cup and get to speak with you all this morning. It's great. So Chandler, um, let's talk about you personally just for a moment, and then we'll talk a little bit about your role and all the things that have to happen in a 48-hour span for us to deploy after natural disasters. But how did you learn about, first of all, where were you born and raised, and um, where did you go to school? Um, how did you learn about Eight Days of Hope, and how long have you been with Eight Days of Hope? Okay, so I was born and raised in Amory, Mississippi, so about 30 miles south of where our national headquarters is located right now. Um, I went to Amory High School, and then I went to Mississippi State University and graduated with um, Communications and Public Relations bachelor's degree. And um, I heard, I've known about Eight Days of Hope my, almost my whole life. When you live in Mississippi, um <laughs> You you realize that there is a lot of disasters, and almost like Jim Cantori, when he shows up to your town, you know it's bad. <laughs> well, we always had a saying where I was from that if Eight Days of Hope shows up, you know it was a really bad storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so that is kind of how I've um, always viewed Eight Days of Hope growing up. Was you know if we saw them deploying or um, when things happened in Tupelo, which was really close to my hometown in Smithville, Mississippi, which is about five minutes from where my house, my parents' home is, um, when those storms happened, I've always heard the name of Eight Days of Hope. And when I graduated college, I took an internship um, with Global Outreach International, and that's where our Eight Days of Hope offices were 
at the time before our headquarters was built. And so um, during my internship, I get I got to meet Steve. He was still living down in Tupelo. Um, got to see him every day and just learn about eight days of hope and what they were doing. And um, I had the opportunity just to sit down and talk to him. And um, and he just said he needed help. He needed an assistant. And um, I remember making a phone call um, to my uncle and just saying, you know, I've got this great opportunity um, just to just to work with just incredible people. And it feels like God is just, just moving in people's lives through disaster. And I had never been a part of a disaster before. I never really understood what God does when when wind and water take away your things. And it just it humbled me to know that God was using tragedies, you know, to to bring people to His name and and to get rid of all these earthly possessions, you know, that we cling so tightly to. And um, I remember when I was trying to make the decision as I was coming on board with eight days, he said, you need to go where God is moving. And that's all he said, and I knew exactly my next move. I knew that it was eight days of hope. Mm. So, Chandler, you don't know this, but Steve's in the studio pointing to me, so I have the next question. So, <laughs> I, here's my question. What is it like working for Steve oh, Tiber? Oh, my gosh. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. But seriously, your your role mm-hmm. with the ministry and then what yeah. it was and what it is today. Well, first, it, it's incredible to work for him, and, and I get to tell him that a lot, and just hearing how he leads other people and how he's led me um, with conflict resolution and just day-to-day work, Mike, you know, you're mm-hmm. close to him. Y'all have been friends for years, so you know his style and you know you know how he leads us to lead sure. others Yes, um, and always leads us away from the name of Eight Days of Hope. I think that is one mm-hmm. of the things I've taken away from him the most is, you know, we do have a name now and, and people recognize it. And just like I said, growing up, I knew the name and um, and now that we're we're expanding, we're growing, we're at three different locations in the country. Um, he has always led me and all of our other leaders away from Eight Days of Hope. That it's not about this name or That's this right. logo, but it's about what Jesus is doing through the people that are coming alongside of this mission. You know, and that has been um, great to see growing up to be a, a better leader myself. Of just, it's really not about you know this this title. It's just. It's about how can we get people to love and serve those in need when they are truly hurting and in desperate help after natural disaster or through our, our new safe house ministry. Mm. Well, thank you for those kind words, Chandler. I didn't, I didn't know that question was coming, but very, very sweet of you. Um, so there's 181 volunteer leaders with the ministry and a very, very, very small staff. Uh, Chandler, you are one of the staff members that you know probably puts in 60 hours a week plus. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to protect her from that, Mike. We're sure. we're adding some help. That's right. Uh, and I say that because Mike sits on the board of Eight Days of Hope, and as okay. much as we love that Chandler loves serving with Eight Days of Hope, we we want her to have a, um, uh, you know, we want her to be around as long as she sure. wants to be around. Protect her a bit too. Absolutely. So so Chandler, let's let's go down this path. So you have this role as to help deploy after disaster. Let's walk slowly because we, we still have a little time here. Um, uh, let's just play, I don't say play a game. Uh, let's just say a tornado hits Wichita, Kansas. And, mm-hmm. and, and describe to the listeners how we even start to determine if we should go to Wichita, Kansas 
and like what is the f- most earliest steps in the process because this happens mike over a 36 to 48 hour window okay. Okay. so h- help okay. us out chandler what 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 is the first step well, the first step always, and going back to your question, Mike, of, of how great it is to work for Steve, every time there is a disaster season is upon us right now, we start praying. You know, there that's the most important thing that we do is, is we pray. We know disasters are coming. We know that um, if they're going to happen, we want God's army there, and we want to be the ones that get to minister and witness to these people. And so the first thing is prayer. Um, we're praying way beyond when a disaster actually happens. But I think the first thing, if we heard that a, a, a tornado hit Kansas today, we would first get on the phone call. We would get on the call and say, let's pray. Let's pray for this community. And so prayer is number one. Um, then, you know, what's incredible about eight days, what God has done just in the past year, is he has allowed us to grow and expand our rapid response team. So we have eight rapid response managers right now. And that's important to know because whenever a tornado were to happen, it's not on Chandler or Steve or anyone else to say, um, we've got to go. You know, we've got to go and actually lead these volunteers. It's, you know, God has built other people in, rapid response managers, um, to be able to call. So after a tornado hits, um, we, we get together and we say, hey, there there's a an area that's been hit, um, how we at Eight Days of Hope justify if we're able to go is that there's been 200 homes affected or more. And why we use that number is because we, we're going to put out a plea to our volunteer base and say, hey, we need you to come. Usually we deploy from two weeks to three weeks. Um, if it's, a, if it's a, a huge storm like a hurricane or, or something like that, we will obviously stay as long as that community needs. But it's usually around two to three weeks. Um, we will say, you know, if, if there's 200 homes, that gives us the opportunity to stay busy, keep about 50 to 80 volunteers a day busy for two weeks at a time. So, you know, there's storms all the time. There's there's storms that happen in the middle of fields where nothing ever gets damaged or, or things like that. And so we've got to kind of determine as the organization has grown, is it 200 homes is the first step. Um, after we've determined that, then we'll reach out to a local church in the area. And God has blessed us with um, amazing connections. And so usually we'll use those first. If not, we'll just pick up the phone and start making calls and say, hey, we know that your community has been here. Um, we're able to hope. We're ready to come serve you. We're planning to bring this many volunteers and stay for this amount of time. Um, do you have room for us? Would you like to be our host church? And um, so that conversation um, happens with me now with this new position of um, being um, over operations for rapid response. So I'll make that phone call and um, see if we can line up a host church. And then after that's done and we've established the date, we need to let the world know. So really the next step is to make a press release and say, hey, this is what's happened. We're bringing God's army to Kansas, and we need your help. And so the media knows we send out an email blast to all of our volunteers that have served with us in the past. We post on social media. And that's a crucial part. And if you're listening and you're a part of, a, of an organization that's even thinking about doing anything about natural disaster relief or resources, um, letting people know what you're doing is probably the most important step because 
DNA sample. We could not do a disaster Amen. at all without that first volunteer. Amen. So, so let's stop there for a minute, Mike. And I know we got to take a okay. break. We got to take a, a break here in a minute too. Um, so a couple things. There's so much moving right now, Mike, right. as you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, as she mentioned, you're 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 trying to find someone that can lead for at least a week, two weeks, or even all three weeks. So you got to make sure you have someone to go somewhere. Right. You know, you're 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 working the phone. Um, we have 181 leaders that live in you know 35 different states. Mm-hmm. You know, who lives in the area? Who lives in the region? Who has a kid that lives in the area? Goes you know goes to church there. Uh, we have churches that we network work. You know, Church of the Highlands, New Point in Ohio, the Ark right. churches, Baptist churches down south, non-denominational churches in the Midwest. A lot of these churches. Sometimes, Mike, we'll get call from a church in North Carolina that some on their staff left to be at a church in Iowa, and they need our help. And so it's amazing mm-hmm. how that works. So it's really the starting of connecting the dots. Connecting, that's right. And then you think about the food aspect. And, you know, Chandler hadn't got there yet, but, you know, we, we've got to make sure we have a cook that can go. That's right. You know, you know we need to eat. I mean, Mike, you and I really need, and we really like to eat. So, you know, we gotta <laughs> got to make sure that cook gotta is there. In place, well, and then yeah. you got to order food. So, mm. you know, to Chandler's point, if, if, if it was pre-pandemic and you had, you know, 200 people there, you know, you've got to have cooks there to make food, but you've got to order the food. You've got to be able to get the food. You've got to have a reefer uh, that can keep the food cold. You've got to have the equipment there. So you have people in Tupelo or in Buffalo or in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, getting the equipment ready. So even though Chandler is just started mm-hmm. to walk us down the path of all the things that have to happen, there's like one domino falls, and then the domino branches out like in four different right. lanes, and all these different people are starting to do what God's called them to do. Well, there's a difference and Chandler help me with this uh, question here if it's a rebuild you have a little bit more time to get yeah. all those things lined up but what about a rapid response that's an awful lot to get put together in such a short period of time some days might to that point you know usually with a rebuild you've got 90 days you know you, you, and before the pre the 90 days you you actually have already had the conversations with the community that you're going to serve. Right. So it really takes, once you've decided who you're going to serve at a rebuild trip, you've got 90 days mm-hmm. to plan it. With a rapid response, I mean, Mike, this is so funny, and I know Steve knows this, but we have had some rapid response where it's been 24 hours we've done all this. Mm. You know, because we we might have been in a, we might be in Cedar Rapids, and then a hurricane hits Louisiana, which right. happened last year, right. and it takes 24, you know, we had 24 hours to make a plan wow. and to line the people up that needed to be there. And um, it, it's pretty incredible what God does in 24 to 48 hours when a storm hits. Right. And I know we're, we're about to take a break, but um, we can get back into how important it is in a second. And we will do that. Thank you, Chandler. Chandler's like, she's helping me out with my job kind of bringing this segment to a close you Doesn't, go Chandler. see she's starting to understand how i roll right sure she she knows she knows you quite well thank you for joining us you're listening to hope reigns where we share god-sized stories from the mission field um this the program is brought to you by eight days of hope we traveled the country and have for 15 years helping people after natural disasters and also building facilities for those who've lost their homes due to natural disasters and building facilities for those rescued from sex trafficking we really go down two different lanes natural disasters and human disasters we're talking to chandler Gurley. she helps us with some of the operations when we deploy and when we come back we're going to learn a little bit more about what it takes to get eight days of hope to a community 
on a moment's notice. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope thanks Provia for their support. Provia is a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia combines automation with human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More information about the variety of products is available at Provia.com. That's P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? Eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. The number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. And what Eight Days of Hope does is we travel the country to help families get a new beginning, feel like, and experience a new beginning after a natural disaster. Today we're talking to Chandler Gurley. She helps out with deployment. Uh, She oversees operations. And Chandler, we were talking before the break a little bit about what has to happen in 24 hours Mm -hmm. to deploy hundreds of volunteers to deploy bobcats and bucket trucks and shower trailers and feeding trailers and ordering food and shipping uh, T-shirts and doing press releases. And thankfully, you do that all. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> you do most of it. You do a lot of it. Um, so, so last year, I know, Chandler, there were times where we were in multiple communities at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you navigate that, I don't say craziness, but that opening that God has given us to be a light in a dark world. I mean, that's got to be intense. Mm. It is intense. It it gets, um, you know, we're human, and we can't do this on our own. There is no way that we can deploy um, all of our equipment, 
all the volunteers, line it up, and do it without getting a little uh, frustrated at times or stressed out at times. So I think the most important thing is perspective. You know, whenever something, a tornado might happen, and tornadoes did happen last night, and we're actually in the middle of a project right now, and the thought of having to deploy right now is, is kind of hard. But I think when you have the perspective of another person, Counting another person's life more important than your own Mm -hmm. is the biggest part of deploying because it's really not about you anymore. You know, God has gifted this team um, to deploy, and it's unreal. And I know we're going to get into the logistics part in just a minute of how it actually happens, but the perspective first is it really doesn't matter how long or how hard you have to work to get it done because these people are suffering. And if you don't go, if you're not able to go, or um, then they might not ever hear the hope of Jesus. And so that's what I think about, you know, as, you know, now the operations manager over it is even though I might be tired or my flesh is getting a little weak or whatever it is, the perspective of another person's soul, another person's life, especially after a natural disaster, um, is what keeps me going. So Chandler, can you give a tick? We're going to get more logistics in just a minute. But with that said, I know you walk the grounds. Do you have a, a, a just a quick snippet of a story of something that really impacted you as you, I mean, you sit in your office and you do all this work, you make all these phone calls, you put all this organizational, your skills are amazing, but now you get a chance to, to step on the grounds. Give us an mm-hmm. experience of something that really just lives with you and inside of you. Yes, I, I mean, at the beginning of this job, when I started, knowing that my job can really consisted of making phone calls, answering emails, planning from a behind-the-scenes type of role, um, you know, at first you just you really don't know what you're doing. You don't know if it's actually impacting anybody. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, like you just don't, you really don't know what you're doing is actually reaching out beyond this desk or, or this computer. And so um, I'm so thankful that uh, through conversations with other people, especially Steve, just knowing that, you know, your gift, it takes the body of Christ, first of all, to make anything happen. And someone needs to be the head and someone needs to be the arms and the eyes and the feet and the hands. And it takes everyone to, to build the kingdom. So when I actually get to go and step out onto an event that has been coordinated and is there, um, it's very hard to explain if you've never been before, um, because it just, the sense of hope becomes tangible. It's not something that is like far away or that you can't feel it or touch it. But when you're at an eight days of hope rapid response trip, you actually physically can feel hope surround you mm-hmm. because that's all that's thriving there. You know, everything around you is just destroyed and it's ugly. And it's just, I remember being in Panama City and that probably was the worst um, devastation that I've seen Her- to date. Hurricane um, Michael. Hurricane Michael. Hurricane Michael, and I actually got to, I went out and served for a couple of days, and I kept, I was at this one house, and the house was a a great home, but right across the street from it were all the trees. They had land, and all these trees were just toppled over, and it was the ugliest, I mean, thing that I had ever seen. I was just like, I couldn't wrap my mind around 
them looking out their their bedroom and seeing that for years because that won't be that won't be taken care of for right. until the trees grow back That's you know right. and that would take decades and so I kept thinking to myself this is awful I can't imagine them having to relive this pain every day and I actually got to go talk to the family that owned the home while I was there and um, I just made the comment I just said you know. I hate that you, you know, have these memories that you're going to have to look outside your window every day. And they turned to me and they said, that doesn't matter. She said, this, what you have done, what your team has done, what every volunteer has come, they have restored our faith and our hope. And who cares what the earth looks like? It's about our soul now. That's right. And I just, you know, that has stayed with me is just the destruction itself is really hard to be around. Yeah. But what those volunteers do when they show up to a home that has been wrecked and destroyed, it's not about the stuff anymore. It's about that family's salvation, their soul, their perspective. And hope is born. It mm-hmm. is born there. Oh, that's right. And, um, Ooh, I like yeah. that. I like that. That's, that's, that's rich. That is. Um, so you're, 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 you're in the process of the first 24, 36 hours. Mm-hmm. A tornado came in Kansas. We've, we've, we've sent out notices to our partners, our, our, our volunteers. People are starting to volunteer. Um, you know, so, so two days afterwards, they can sign up and start showing up. What's happening from the moment we tell a church we're coming and the moment the volunteer actually shows up. What what are the leaders, the volunteer leaders of Eight Days Up doing getting ready for the masses? Right. So the next big piece is um, equipment. You know, we've got to get all of our equipment to the destination that we're going to. So we, we've got a rapid response trailer that is outfitted to serve um, two to 500 families um, for a 14-day period and longer if needed. So God has provided just so much equipment for us to use. And so what I do next is I would contact our um, equipment manager. His name is John Tidwell. And we would line, and I would ask him to line up the trailers. And so his responsibility is to, drive, to line up the drivers and the equipment that's going to the event. And it differs if it's a flood or if it's a tornado. Right. And so that's his discernment. And then he lines up, um, it's like a caravan. It's one of the coolest things ever (laughs) just to be at the national headquarters if we're deploying from Tupelo or Buffalo or Cedar Rapids is to see the caravan of trucks and equipment go and to serve. It's like God's army, like I've stated before, is just is out. And it, it is refreshing just to see that. But so equipment is the next thing. We've got to make sure that it's all there and ready before the volunteers arrive. And, 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 yeah. and let, let me just jump in here. Um, and we're talking about shower trailers. You're talking about mm-hmm. trailers with feeding equipment. You're talking about heavy equipment. We are one of the few ministries, and, and it doesn't mean that we're better than others, but not every ministry has heavy equipment. Mm-hmm. We have chosen, right or wrong, we have chosen to provide lifts to do take trees off of people's homes. And, you know, we have, gosh, what, half a dozen bobcats that, that can move you know, materials around as well. So it's all those pieces that need to get from Tupelo or Cedar Rapids or Buffalo to that disaster. And Mike, think about this, you know, Chandler's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's being very humble here. This is just for one disaster. 
There are times that you're coordinating this for two different disasters in two different states for two different teams, and she doesn't get paid double for that job, brother. I promise you. But um, (laughs) I I tell you, it's it it can get a little crazy at times. But so now you've got the drivers; they're taking the equipment. Your leaders are heading that way. What are the leaders doing when they when they show up? So, like Steve said, we we have 181 volunteer leaders. So um, before. You know, anyone here besides our board and our partners where we're going is those 181 leaders. And so I would send an email to them and say, hey, we're going to Kansas. We've got a tornado. Here are the dates, and we need your help. And so they are the first ones besides um, the board and our partners to hear where we're going so that they can plan to be there two days before the volunteers arrive. And that's so important because whenever the volunteers arrive, we need to have a functioning office. The equipment needs to be staged. Our um, assessing has already begun, so we've got a team that's out and making sure that there's homes that the volunteers can actually go serve at. Um, And so they are keeping it, um, setting it up for success is what our volunteer leaders do at a rapid response event. (laughs) So you're you're talking, Chandler, and I look at Mike, and and he doesn't say it, but he mouths, wow. Yeah, that's no, (laughs) Chandler, that's no nine-to-five job here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it, pro- it probably isn't, but um, thankfully her... But wait, to say, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go on. You're good. I was just saying to say, you know, one thing that is so cool about this job and, with, and whoever's listening, I know Mike and Steve know this, is whenever you are serving the Lord, you obviously have to take care of yourself and not get overran, but you don't care how many hours it takes. You just don't. It's just when that person's soul isn't hanging in the balance or they just maybe even know the Lord and they just need his they just need him to show up for him for them, you know, when they've experienced mm. something that is just to no fault of their own. That's good. You just don't you just don't care. That's and good. what God has done with Eight Days of Hope is he has brought so many people beside me to help me do my job, beside Steve to help him do his job and all of our other roles that make this happen. Um, it's not just me, I promise you. Um, it's the people that God has lined up with specific gifts like we haven't even got into those two days before volunteers arrived. You know, we we train our, our leaders. We train our, our office staff that, that handles that front desk, and they do so much more than welcoming volunteers. They key in data, and they make sure that the job keeps rolling and the assessors keep rolling. And um, it's just it's a, it's a full house, but every person that has some type of role at a rapid response event, they're not doing it for themselves. They're right. doing it for that right. person that just lost everything. Steve, you might not want to hear this, but uh, what I'm hearing with Chandler, and this is amazing, we're not going to throw ages out there, but she's a young lady with this passion, with this drive, and with this desire. If there is a, a, a little bit of downtime and she's in that facility, that training facility, Chandler, what do you think about bringing young people in and teaching them Amen. what you have learned, teaching them where the passion comes from, and get young people your age and and, and younger and older um, uh, just fired up for what you're doing. This Mm -hmm. is awesome. You you, you can impart, I guess you'd say, a lot to to young people to get up and get motivated and serve Jesus. Yeah, I guess, you know, that would be amazing. I think the one thing that 
that gives me the passion is the volunteers and our leaders because I've never seen anything like this before, Mike. I've only been with Eight Days of Hope for three years. And and most people have been here since, you know, y'all have been here for 15 years. So Yeah, we're, we're, in- we're, we're, we're old, Chandler. You're, you don't have to rub it in. I get, I get it. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying, though, because, you know, I know recently um, we were um, doing a safe house earlier this year in northeast Mississippi. And, and just seeing the ages of the volunteers, you had mm-hmm. some there were in their early 20s, and then you had many that were there in their 50s and 60s. And, and I'll never forget, one of the volunteers came to me, and he said, it's amazing. I've been here all day, and I haven't heard one complaint. One, well, why are you doing it that way? You should do it this way. There were no, you know, his comment was, I was there all day, and I didn't see an ego of one person ever pop up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that servant leader. It's that servant. It is. You know, I always tell our leaders, um, you know, the best the the best sermon I ever heard is the one I saw. I, my mm-hmm. prayer for this ministry called Eight Days of Hope is that when people come serve with us, the the families that we're serving, even if they hear one scripture verse or ten scripture verses, the one thing my prayer is that they see Jesus in That's action right. through. Mm-hmm leaders and volunteers right. and i know they see them uh when they see you channel we, o- we only have a couple minutes left um and so i, I don't want to fast forward but there's a, there's a lot we didn't get to there's fundraising right asking people mm-hmm. to sow into the ministry of eight days of hope um have we ever and mike i think you know the answer have mm-hmm. we ever made a decision i mean do we make a decision to move even before we raise the penny hmm I mean that's every day. Yeah. Every I mean, day. Every day we deploy. <laughs> sure. we, sometimes we deploy, Mike, and we don't ask anybody to contribute because in, in 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 what I've learned is you're allowed so many asks per year. But we have monthly partners. Mm-hmm. We do have people who sow in ten dollars, twenty five, fifty dollars, hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. to eight days old because they know we're going to deploy on a moment's notice. But now you have a feeding team there. You have leaders there. You have the equipment there, Chandler. The phone calls are coming. The emails are coming, and that's for one location. And then another disaster happens. And then another disaster happens. When do you breathe? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, whenever all that's happening, you really don't. I think right. the thing that keeps you going is truly, you know, we've talked about this before on the show, um, is you have to slow down to speed up. And one of the greatest lessons I've learned in this job is it does move so fast and you're coordinating so many things and you try to have that perspective of another family um, suffering and you need to get there. And But you do, you have to have the time, I think, is a part of being a Christian, of, of following the Lord and wanting to do it to serve His name, mm-hmm. is you don't want to go around barking orders or thinking that you're King Tut, like we've talked about before, like you you have to have that mindset of your servant leader. Right. And Amen. To, to be that way, you've got, you do have to have a moment of, okay, this is what's happening. Lord, I cannot do it. I submit it, surrender Amen. it, and you just do it through me. Amen. That's right. Mike, we got to wrap up, but um, mm. let, let's stop here oh, for... Man. No, I know <laughs> Chandler. Chandler, this is not a three-hour show now, girl. I mean, we we got we have fifty-three minutes to get everything in here, uh, but you did a great job, Mike. You know Chandler. You know mm-hmm. what she does, and and she probably described eighty percent of what has to happen. Sure. Because um, I mean, it's 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 intense. Mm-hmm. What what goes through your mind when you hear Chandler talk about 
um, what God has called her to do and, and all the things that have to happen that the world will never know happens for us to deploy. Sure. Personally, I'm humbled. I really am to think that someone, and I'm challenged to think that someone in her age group and with her expertise that could be doing so many other things but has laid her life down. She's an example of Christ to me. Christ laid his life down for the church. Mm -hmm. She lays her life down for the church and the things that she does for Eight Days of Hope. Uh, and e even beyond, if you see her interaction with people, she's, her, I see her heart and mind always <laughs> sure. churning, like, when can I pray for them? Or, or yeah. she just shares her life. In the midst of busyness, I've seen her stop and just lock into somebody's eyes yeah. and say, well, let's pray. That's a great example. And Shannon, you're still on the line. Bless you and thank yeah. you for who you are as a person in Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And, and Chandler is is unbelievable. Yes. Um, we God has blessed Eight Days of Hope with 181 unbelievable leaders who want to make an impact mm -hmm. and, and, and have a legacy that is unlike no other. And we want to invite you, the listener. I mean, yeah, we're about, about out of time, but want to invite you to join the Eight Days of Hope family. Mm -hmm. um, we've been praying that God would open up a door for you, for you to come serve with us. Uh, and I get it. It's a pandemic. If you want to wait a little bit, no problem. We'll wait. We'll wait for you. Um, go to eight days of hope.com, eight days of hope.com, submit your email address, and we will let you know whenever we deploy. But we always tell people pray, volunteer, donate, pray for Chandler, pray for the ministry of eight days. Old. Pray for those who are serving today mm -hmm. in America um, to, to see the kingdom, uh, um, to, to, to be a glimpse of Jesus to those who, who don't know who he is, uh, donate, uh, become a monthly partner, make a one-time donation, go to eightdayshope.com, make a donation there. You can do it online. Uh, you can mail a check to PO box 3208, 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. Chandler, thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank y'all for having me. I love doing this. I know you do. Now, you're going to have to listen to the first segment to hear a little bit more yes. about the cheese curls. <laughs> Is it cheese curds or cheese curls? i got to do a Google search on that because I'm probably messing that up. But thank you, girl. Uh, Mike, we, we have just a minute, but how about a real quick prayer for Chandler? Father, thank you for Chandler. Thank you for uh, this young lady who's yes. received the call. Thank you for her giftings. Thank you for using her continually in a powerful, powerful Amen. way. Bless her financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every yes, way. Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Chandler. You have a great day, girl. Thanks, y'all, too. Chandler Gurley, uh, Charge of Operations, Eight Days of Hope. And so much more. She's amazing. Oh, she is simply amazing. What a gem you have. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, my wife and I, my, my family, we all love her. I mean, we yeah. all love her. And they uh, they introduced her to sponge candy, uh, a, 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 a treat up here in Western New York. And so uh, I almost feel like we got to bring her sponge candy now every time we see her. But that's a whole other. I'm talking food today. It you know, always, I'm hungry. My it, stomach's going. It always goes I, to food. I, I love it. You. I am too. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. We're so thankful. Um, come join us, please. Eightdaysofhope.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Natural disasters or safe houses for those rescued from sex trafficking. And so thankful for those who have volunteered with us. 40,100 volunteers over the last 15 years, Mike. It continues to grow. Mm. And uh, boy, that's a God-sized story, isn't it? It is in itself, from where it, it started to where God's brought it today. 
Father, be with the listeners this week, Lord. Guide them, protect them. Yes. Father, I pray that you have uh, sparked an interest either in 80s Open or another ministry for those listening today. We thank you for our friends across the country. Uh, bless Chandler. Uh, bless our leaders who are out serving today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from Eight Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.